a vast landscape full of adventurers. You are now listening to the world of Chaotic Amateurs. Welcome to Chaotic Amateurs, the internet's number one D&D 5e play podcast. I'm your host and DM. With me today, I have... Bentley Michaels is Referian Nightmeadow. And today we are going to get into the final epilogue for the characters of the Wolf Pack. Let the adventure begin. And now, the story of Rift. So Riff came to Usama from the monastery, a monastery to the south on a separate continent, a new land here in Usama, to track down some information they had about their uncle in a journal in notes that was leading them to the wastes. Uh, upon arriving here, found a group of adventurers that they connected with and bonded with and was able to seek out new knowledge of this place uncover some new facts new research of what the wastes was and was part of a, in a big way finding out some of the secrets that had long been lost in the desert of the wastes we're now months into the contract that had come between the Chateau de Magnus and the nobles of Usama to protect them after the treaty broke uh, from the denizens of the wilds, uh, vampires, werewolves, dragons. And things have become stagnant at the Chateau. Uh, adventure research is not on the horizon for the people of the Chateau. Most of the wolf pack have gone their separate ways. Riff, you begin to pack up things, ready to go off on your own. Um, My rooftop well, closet. <laughs> your rooftop closet. You, you know, getting all the things you need ready. Uh, speaking with the Academy Veritas and the uh, uh, dwarf there, uh, Glazo. Um, you mentioned this to me. Uh, you wanted to keep your research that you had a bit more secret, and so I think what what's what's happened is you've you've worked with Srix in the library. He's found some texts um, about different ciphers, about different ways to encode messages, and uh, the two of you have worked together to create your own cipher to uh, basically a shorthand for all your notes. Um, that's to uh, to keep everything, you know, safe from prying eyes. Even if anyone anyone finds the notes that you have, they're not going to be able to, un, you know, decode it unless they know what's in your head. Shadow or language. Head. Shadow language is that is that what you call it? It's a shadow language. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what Riff would call. It. She's like yeah, making yeah. a shadow language with Strix. Here we go. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> That's right. Yeah, that's what 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 uh what's the cool what's the what's the neat thing about this cipher for you? 
um, you can have it a bit a bit magical, you know. Like, is is it something that can only be seen under certain conditions? Um, do you have to view you know, do you have to view it or like uh, transcribe it a certain way? What is what's riff kind of uh, what's riff's flavor to this cipher? Yeah, I would say that uh, um, it's like druid. How you can only only druids can see the druid writing stuff or whatever. You know, you can leave messages, but she has something like that where I don't know. Maybe it's part of a researcher ability or something like that. So I would say that there's it's you know it's a couple part cipher in which you have to have the key. So if you were to be able to see it. It kind of like, um, it kind of like, uh, uh, like it would just look like gibberish anyway, but I would say you have to, there's only two times a day that you can read her stuff. And that's like at the, the classic, uh, twilight, uh, era of the, you know, the, the, that, that perfect time around five, six o'clock when the sun is just setting or whatever, like it's the, the magic hours, what they call it in filmmaking, I mm-hmm. believe. And then it's like the sort of magic hour in the morning, like right as the sun crests, you've got about... 20 or so minutes, you know, before it gets to be too bright. Mm-hmm. And then about that, that last 30 minutes or so before it sets where it's just like, it's that, it's that weird sort of inter, uh, it's kind of like what the monastery that she's from does, like where it kind of like you see it, but then it disappears, you know? And yeah, yeah. you know, so it's like, uh, I, the best sort of movie way to equate it is that sort of like whenever they shoot, like over the horizon of like, like in the mummy or something. It's like, you sort of just see this wavy thing and it just kind of like, you don't know what it is. And then all of a sudden something comes into focus. You're like, Oh, okay. Start the, start the clock. We got 20 minutes before this <laughs> thing disappears, but also this yeah, is absolutely. gibberish. So like, yeah, cause, so cause otherwise the, it just looks like it's, it's just text on top of text on top of text. And so yeah, very matrixy. With, yeah. With Strix's knowledge, you know, he's, he's kind of been, been in this library learning a bit. Um, and he's taken his, druid craft his his ability to read and write and taught you some basics of it to to incorporate that into the writing that's awesome um and so so yeah it looks like all the all this text on top of each other but it's like these intersections of those different texts that you find the actual writing so it's not like you have to get rid of you know if there's three things written on top of each other you don't have to get rid of two you have to see where those three interact and that's where you start seeing the text it's one of and those so, <laughs> I learned how to make one of those stupid mall posters where you stare at it and you see the There you go. It's a magic eye. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you got to cross your eyes and then you can see it. Uh, That's the cipher. You got to cross your eyes and look like an idiot. Yeah. During Dusk and Dawn, uh, it becomes much more visible. Um, But I think with with practice, you uh, and probably Strix can read it as is most of the time with, with with a bit of uh, effort yeah um so yeah strix kind of helps you helps you get get that uh sorted uh what what else are you uh needing to grab from the chateau as you make your way um i don't yeah. really i don't really need anything like i mean i'll i'll ask you know um uh willem you know for some provisions some long-term sort of provisions that'll store nicely oh yeah i'll uh I'll ask Strix if there's like any, you know, any cool books about Shadow Monk stuff or like, you know, anything in the library that they, you know, I promise that I'll bring it back. I don't know when, but I promise I'll bring it back. But, you know, you know, just a couple of books that that I would find interesting. Maybe there's like some 
autobiography of some dude <laughs> that was like a, a shadow <laughs> monk or something, you know, just some weird thing that some rich guys collected in his mansion, you know, but like yeah, some monk yeah. stuff, or maybe there's like some sort of, um, you know, nunchuck, uh, form book in there that, you know, it's like some, you know, crazy ancient text or whatever, you know, and just, just some reading materials I can stick in my bag and I promise that I'll, you know, have them sort of like maybe copied and translated at my monastery. And then it's like, I can ship them back to him, you know, once I get there yeah. or something like that. And then yeah, uh, Strix is a uh, Strix has collected a few a few books. He's he's actually purchasing books from uh, w- with Elba Willem through Usama and the merchants there. A couple of books that are you know written by um, people from Usama that describe uh, you know in in part some of the different schools that are out in Haven. Um, one of them being like you you when when you end up reading this you. Re- realize that it's about the shadow monastery they kind of hint at you know these these ideas of of what it what it is their travels there and what they found um and and, you know just it's it's books about people that have traveled out into the world and come back and and written down so he's he's gonna found these and and got them for you cool and then the only other thing that i would do is i would uh i would feed my kenku pals on the on the roof for a final time and uh and yeah. and I would um like the one that like the big bad bird was like picking on like and that like that I was like I was like taking food to and stuff like that back in like season four did yeah yeah so so yeah no the I don't know specifically I mean you ended up helping all of the all the right. kenku these are the these are the two kenku that died while in that fight with uh, uh Chamali or Chamala um. That, yeah. that have yet to return to some sort of Kenku form. They're 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 twisted in, in, in a similar way to uh the way Zephyrus Arthur was in this kind of abyssal Kenku form. Um so they don't you know they don't speak much, but th- they have a purpose here. Mm. And and yeah, no, I think both of them you you've developed a connection with and have well, have helped. I would uh I would offer I would offer to them, you know, um if they wanted to come with me uh to my monastery and maybe someone there you know, might be knowledgeable enough to help them out of this state that they're in. Or if not, you know, maybe I'll see them again someday if I come back to the chateau or the, or the surrounding forests and that sort of stuff. I think that one of them does come with you. The other one stays to kind of help protect the chateau as, as kind of the, that's their, their duty. But, but one of them does the one, the one that you were uh, helping, you know, kind of feeding along the way, they stick with you. Um, in the cities and stuff, they, they hang back, they stay in the trees and the shadows, but you always be back up with them when you, when you journey forward. Cool. Yeah. And, and Riff, honestly, like she'd probably travel more at night anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, just because the shadows are more abundant then. So it's like, she can always pop in and out of using that shadow walk thing. That's definitely mm-hmm. something that like she as it's like such a new power and ability to her, she really starts to play with it. And cause she's super into the vampire thing. And like, she knows that those guys can just like come in and out kind of like at will. Mm-hmm. She wants to be able to kind of like learn how to travel long distances where it's like, she can hop in. It's not just a 60 foot radius. It's like, she could, as long as there's sort of shadows, she's just kind of like, it's almost like the predator, you know, like when he's in camo mode, it's like, if, if you're not looking, you won't see him, but if like you look at me, sort of see the distortion of like 
where he's mm-hmm. moving in the trees type of thing, you know? And like, it's kind of like if you're watching the shadows, you're like, wait, did that shadow just move? That is the stupidest <laughs> sentence I've ever said. Did that shadow just move? But you would be right. The shadow did move because the shadow did there's move, a yeah. little girl with nunchucks walking just. <laughs> <laughs> I think during your travels here, here soon, it, you, you end up teaching that ability to the uh, Kenku. Um, yeah and they you know to, to some some limited little bit limited aspect there they've got this connection to this dark abyssal plane and so they, they can kind of hone in on that as well using kind of this shadow plane to to move um so yeah as you guys travel yeah tending to move at night um it's just silently you know you make as much sound as an owl does as they fly through the forest yeah and i definitely i would have before i left the town i definitely would have gone to that guard station and uh and demanded to see Sanj because like I'd wrapped his nunchucks up. I finished his chucks for him. Uh, the chucks finished. Yeah, yeah. You head into Turlin. Um speak with the guards. At this point the guards know of the chateau. They know of your relationship with Sanj and you're you're able to uh uh walk right into the castle to meet with Sanj. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, uh yeah so I've got just... some credibility now. That's awesome. Did did Sanj ever get his own flying carpet? <laughs> um, you you walk into a Sanj's room. Uh, he's got a carpet, but not his own. It doesn't fly. He's he he's purchased a number of carpets from some exotic locations, hoping that one of them will fly. Uh, none of them none of them have yet. So you see him just kind of like playing yeah. on on a couple of stacked carpets. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna sort of hide in the toy. shadows and like watch him play Aladdin for a little bit before I pop out and be like, "What are you doing, bud?" Oh, ah, oh, hey, hey, what's? Oh, oh, hey, I didn't see you there. Um, Reliving the adventure, the huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> None of these carpets have have really done the uh, the you know they don't they don't act like Arthur's. Um, yeah, uh, one. Uh, He's got a cool carpet for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty dang cool. Um, if once I get one though, uh, then we can fly all around the city wherever we want. We can go wherever we want. Well, that sounds cool, but I got some news uh, to tell yeah. you, bud. And she's gonna <gasps> like, she's gonna like sort of tap her tap her backpack, and it's gonna like craw- crawl around to the front of her. She's gonna open it up, and she's gonna take out. She's wrapped it in just like you know brown paper and twine or whatever. Sure, sure. And it's just sort of like this, you know, looks like a rectangle. And she hands it to Saw and she's like, I finished him. And then <gasps> she taps the backpack and it crawls to her back again and shuts. Ch- it's it these are these are the chuck the chucks? The chuck just like yours? Well, they're different, but Well, right. I mean everyone's chuck should be unique to them, right? Yeah, I uh I made them uh I made them out of the wood uh from that tree that I first saw you by down at the down at the the oh. little the water or the river or the I don't know it's whatever just like, it was. it's just a little creek yeah a little um, creek yeah like when you were down there like talking to the birds and all that sort of stuff uh that tree that you were near I went and grabbed a bunch of some good looking wood and and uh, carved it up all nice and uh, you know uh, there might be a little a little magic involved in there to make sure that they uh, you know you got a little plus one to some hit in action so be careful they uh they they will hurt and that plus one applies to you while you're practicing so if you hit yourself it's really gonna hurt <laughs> he just rips into the the paper and tears them out and just has these you know like dark wood chucks 
Um, are they regular checks? Or do they have anything on the ends, kind of like yours do? Um, or they, I would have. Uh, I would have standard. Kind of. Uh, I would have made a smaller version of what my second pair were, which is like you know, uh, the the knots on the end of them. Just so okay. there there is like a little there's like a golf ball size one, whereas mine like I would uh, you know they're to me they they always sort of spoke of like two huge knots in the tree that I just couldn't get around, but for whatever reason that was the piece of wood that I had to use. So yeah. it's like they're fatty little things. So at these the ones end. you found like these burls and kind of carved from there, so they they have that you know extra force at the end of them. Yeah, um, and then cool. I, yeah, he I hand him a little piece of parchment uh with, with where I've crudely drawn like sort of form stuff or whatever like body poses or whatever and mm-hmm. i go through them real quick i go so this is what it's kind of showing you here and th- those are the basics you get those down though and with these things no one's going to expect anything like you just pull them keep them in your back have them on your side so you can pull them out boom quick draw bang and bang. uh and he, and he just kind of whips them out and whoa. just kind of you know they they fly and they hit him on the side of the arm. It's like oh oh yeah oh that does that does yeah. Oh, hey, so Ooh. imagine if you get good at him Ooh. and then Ooh. you you beat up an attacker. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, you you'll get it. It's just I'll practice. It. And the the second part is um, uh, I'm taking off. I got some business to attend to. Uh, there's some uh, you know things have slowed down at the chateau and oh boring, so boring. So. Uh, mm. I got big some, houses can be boring. That's why I always go outside. Yeah, yeah. So I got a there. There, you know, there's some there's some jokers that have been copping my research, and I'm interested in that. And then I got to go back to the monastery where I'm from, uh, check in. You know, it's been over a year. Kind of like touch base, let them know, and uh, you know, check in with my teachers, that sort of thing. But next time through. You know, uh, I'd be happy to drop by and, and say hello. Or if you're ever down south where the Monastery of the Silver Song is, feel free to drop my name and tell them you're my pal and just, you know, Monastery I wouldn't pull the Silver chucks Song. on them. Just okay. maybe show them the chucks. Be like, she made me these. They'll know. They'll know. Okay. I can, I can do that. I mean, we travel sometimes. I could probably head down there. Um, hey, and if you get that carpet... I mean, if I get the carpet, then I'll go anywhere. Yeah, bring it on by. I would love to show the monastery that carpet. Do you think that if you're riding on a carpet, you could, like, use the chucks to hit somebody as you pass by them? A hundred percent. Especially if you're doing, like, the low fly? Yeah. Yeah. You just look like a little kid just, like, barely off the ground, and you're like, out of my way! And then you hit him right in the old back (laughs) back of the knee or something? Yeah. That's a great move, Sanjan. I gotta tell you... These chucks, especially at, you know, our size, uh, the greatest thing is the knee attack or the groin. That hurts. But like the knees, you take someone's knees out, they can't stand. And that's just science. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, if their knees aren't working, how can they run after you if you run away? Or you fly away. Hmm? Or you fly away. They can't chase you. Okay, so if you're going to be out and about, if you see a flying carpet, let me know. Um, here, hold on. And he he uh, sticks the chucks uh, in his kind of like pant pants on the side, so he's got them available. Um, goes to some like he's got he's got shelves and drawers and all ki- just just all kinds of stuff here in this kid's room. Um, and he pulls out like a. Uh, 
oh, just a small jeweled chest like that that's for holding trinkets and stuff. Um, kind of opens it up and and grabs a few things and gives them to you. And it's uh, 10 platinum coin. Whoa. Here, if you find a magic carpet, you buy it for me and bring it back. Okay. And then we'll fly wherever you want to go. All right. She'll tap her bag again and put it in one of the compartments. That's a cool bag. It's even cooler because now, and you can't touch this part, you got anything in here that you don't want? Um, like there's something, a few things, like some of the toys I don't play with anymore. Just like something small. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. Okay. He picks up like a little wooden toy soldier. Okay. Watch this part. And she's going to sort of open the part that they turned into the uh, bag of devouring. Mm-hmm. She goes, watch this. This is like my neatest trick. And then she just like throws it in there. And it just like. You describe how it looked because I don't necessarily yeah, know, yeah. but it, like if it just when you she open, moves, you, you the, find the you find the pouch uh, that's the bag of devouring and kind of open it up and it's you know it's kind of got a bit of a shadow to it that it shouldn't. There's like candlelight and light coming through the windows, and you toss it in and you just hear this sound as it is gone, and like you kind of open it up to show him, and he just looks in. And it's like where'd it go? And he, like reaches in. To no, 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 don't it. do that. <laughs> It's, it's it's fine to reach in. You can you know as long as as long as the entirety of yourself doesn't go in, you're fine. Okay. But but he gets he gets his hand in there and but Riff's still gonna say that because she doesn't quite know like, how it works. Right, right. And, and she's like, like and the last thing she needs back. to do is have a a royal go missing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like oh my god, what? Where'd it go? It's a it's a portal to another dimension. It's like it just disappears and it never comes <gasps> back. And she shuts the bag and then taps in it so it crawls back onto her back. Whoa. Yeah. That's that's kinda that's kinda scary. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but it's like a it's cool... gone forever? I guess. I think so. Huh. Yeah. Cool. It's kinda like the cool. the negative version of like uh you know like one of those those magical bags that like are expanded on the inside or whatever? Yeah, yeah. It's like my dad re- uses one of those. It's like the reverse version of that. It just it's disappears like, into some like big who knows I don't know huh. but I thought it was like a cool thing kind of like a fail safe that like if I was ever captured or whatever and the, my bag was taken I don't know maybe someone would go through that and then they would disappear and like they give me my bag back or something I don't know but don't it's know. a pretty neat yeah, that's, thing that's also cool. she's gonna like show Sanj her her little hip belt like that where she keeps her chucks and like she's like you know take note of these. See, you know, I'm sure there's somebody you know that could craft you something like that. This is pretty neat. It just oh, yeah, becomes the, part the, of your clothes. The armorer, he can he can probably make me something. And my yeah. dad's always wanting me to learn how to use weapons and stuff. But now you got a weapon that you like. Yeah, maybe I'll do that now. Like, there's a bunch of people that want to teach me how to like hit things. <laughs> I'll show them how to hit things. Yeah, and I've worked with some of the people like out at the chateau. So, like, I mean, if. You know, if there's still people out there training or whatever, I'm sure they'd be able to show you some stuff. But, I mean, your oh, dad's yeah, got I so far go a reach that, honestly, like, your dad could probably broker you coming to the monastery and, like, hanging, you know, doing, like, a study abroad program or something like that. But I will tell you, it's really, really hard. And, uh, you know, it's probably the hardest thing in the world. But it's also really, really rewarding. And, you know, you can take care of yourself and... uh 
and and you learn a lot of really really cool stuff from all sorts of different people there's like shadows and vampires and all sorts of different cool things that like work there and i don't know it's it's probably one of the most unique things out there i think everybody's welcome even spoiled brats like you and then she kind of like punches (laughs) him in the arm He just punches you, punches you back a little bit. Y'all have a little bit of fun. Um, I think do, I think he we do the a, Christmas story alley scene. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's right. Exactly that. Um, I think you spent a bit of time just showing him some some you know basic moves mm-hmm. uh, before before you uh, head out. My and, patented and... quick draw and strike, and then it's kind of like the nunchuck version of like you know you you see the samurai like where they. They're sort of like down and then they come out and strike and cut something in half and then put the sword back. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like my nunchuck version of that. There you go. Yeah. And I'm assuming um, he probably hit himself in the face a couple of times. A couple of times. He's going to be a little bruised for the next few weeks, but eventually he's going to get the hang of it. Yeah. Uh, he's got, he, he, you know, he's got the best teacher's money can buy. And he, even if, if nunchucks may not be something they're knowledgeable about, they can find some knowledge on it. So, uh, yeah, Son, Son, you know, gives you a warm goodbye and uh, uh, just tells you to be safe out there. High fives, and then, and then she she's gonna sort of like she's gonna find a shadow like near the door, and she's gonna so, slowly start backing up and putting her hands out, and she goes, "Hey, Sanj, I'll be right back," and then she just like falls back into the shadows and disappears. <laughs> All right. Um... So yeah, you you're in Turlin. Um I think you mentioned you wanted to vi- visit the Academy Veritas one last time. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, visit the Academy, and I would like to you know thank the uh, the old lady for all that she's done. And uh, of course, of course, I, I, if you have more research, we're we're hoping to. Uh, uh, um, figure out a bit more of the wastes we know that you spent some time there and mm, yeah we've got a few uh missions we're hoping to partake in if you'd yeah. like to advise on those we could pay a hefty price to the chateau oh i think i would have to go solo bolo on those missions but uh mm. so payment would come to me or you can just send it to the monastery of the silver song as a donation I see, I see. Give me a little walking around money just so I can get through some stuff, but then send the rest to the Monastery of the Silver Song. Also, kind of interested in the people that came and took my research, and I kind of want to go have a chat with them, honestly, but... Uh, oh, your, your, all your, your findings were sent to the proper channels. It seems the uh, uh, courts in the capital are some very interested parties there. Um, yeah. They are wanting to investigate the wastes on their own dime, it seems. Uh, if you would like to advise them, as I said, we can make it worth your while. Yeah, if, if it's if it's dealing with them and the and the those folks that 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 took uh, took the documents, then I would be very interested in uh, in dealing with them. And I think uh, my uh, I met a dwarf here, uh, Gra- Gras Gras Grasco. Uh, Glazo, yes. Yeah. Uh, he comes in from time to time. Uh, See around because I thought maybe he might want to get in on this 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 craziness. He seemed like oh, a cool I, guy that would be into some adventure. He doesn't bring much to the academy. Mm. I don't think anyone would be interested in having him go to the waste. We mainly keep him around for some 
insights into like, the Crimson Veil, but mm. it's... All right, well, you know, if you see him, you can let him know what I'm doing, and if he wants to show up, I'd love to have him on my team. He seems like a cool guy. But, mm. you know, that's just me. I don't uh, know about pairing the two of you together. I think uh, we kick a lot of butt. If you'd like to speak with him, he's he's just over there. Oh, you're gonna point off to the corner, and and yeah, you can you look over there, and Glazo's just just doing some research. You know, he's keeping one ear open to the conversation that you're having. <laughs> I will, I will uh, uh, give the lady uh, the the lady one final thing, which is I made uh, two copies of my nunchuck forms, and so I give her the scroll. I was like. I don't know who needs to see this or if anybody ever will, but and oh. I kind of like pull out my nunchucks and flourish them, like do a couple things. I was like, that's all in the papers. I don't know if you, you know, these are kind of a unique thing. So, yes, no, you don't have many people that use that weapon. Huh? This will go great in the uh, weapons archives. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, if she you get any, it and looks at it excitedly. If you get any other stuff about that, or it's like if you, for whatever reason, have like some other person that wields these that comes through, send them Sanj's way and tell him that like I sent him because I got him oh, a yeah, pair. Of, Sanj. Okay. I, I made him a pair of these, and uh, and he wants to learn how to use them. So you know, tell tell him that Riff sent him. Will do. And she she writes some notes on the on the paper uh, about that. Absolutely. All right, you crazy old lady. High five. Ah, and she kind of shakes your hand. Oh, oh okay. All right. Mm. All right, well. Okay, bye. And then she turns around and just goes over to <laughs> where the dwarf was, uh, casually not listening to us. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of kind of goes back to the writing that he's doing as you as you uh, walk over and uh, kind of just act surprised. Oh, uh, um, hmm. Uh, hello there, uh, young Riff. Hello. How are we doing today? Well, uh, I'm getting out of town, man, and uh, I'm going to go out, and um, there's some folks that, you know, uh, the research, I think I think you were standing here right last time when it happened, but the research, you know, going through the academy, doing some contract work, and going to go talk about the waste and with a bunch of eggheads up in so-and-so rich place or something. I don't know. But I thought, you know, based off of our last conversation, if that sort of thing interests you, like, you know, uh, you know, you seem like you got some cool skills, and maybe you know you want to be on Team Riff. He kind of looks over at the the old lady and looks looks to you, kind of darting his eyes. He says, "Um, yes, maybe. Uh, um, yeah, let's go take a walk. All right." He gathers some of his stuff up, uh, gets his bag all together. He's got this like massive bag. He keeps his research in and his books on the sides. Uh, Got a couple bags of holding. He put some things in, and this like messy desk he was working on with like stacks of books and stuff uh, is nice and clear now. Like it looks like all his research is like he keeps with him at all times. Smart. Um, and just kind of like vomits it onto whatever table he's working on. <laughs> and uh, you got you guys begin to to walk around Turlin, um, you know, heading down to where the the river is, where the docks are. Just uh, um, well. Uh, if you're wanting to go back to the wastes, uh, it's uh, getting a little spicier down there. Um, and these eggheads the uh, old woman was talking about, mm-hmm. those are probably the ones that uh, took the research and took your circlet, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think they want your expertise. I think they want, well, not your expertise down in the wastes, but your expertise in and of itself. Um, there's been some researchers gone missing recently. Mm. Ones that had studied uh, the elves of Galandior, ones that have studied oh, the mages from before. Um, oh, like, oh, gosh, we met one of those. Old crazy scientist guy. Um, old Tiernan. Yeah, I think, yeah. He's got, like, gun turrets on his place and stuff. Yes, he was working uh, down in the wastes. He worked here for, for a time. His, his lab is in shambles in town. Oh, no. Um, he actually has been named a traitor and uh, been uh, accosted with uh, accounts of treason. What? Um, he seems so awesome. Apparently, he was uh, spouting lies of, of the attack down at the outpost. Uh, not widely known, but I was able to peek at a couple of reports. He says that dragons and elves did not attack the outpost, but others. And if that were the case, the treaty was never in violation, and this war that started in Usama was all fake. Ooh. But what if he's right? As far as everyone knows, he's not. Which is hard to believe because all the stories from the the others are are clear. I've been reading up about some of the things coming out of the outpost, and it seems that he was the only one telling this story. Yeah, but, but with others going missing, I I'm a bit on my toes about things. If you're serious about going to the wastes, um. I would love to get out of Uzuma for a bit. Yeah, I'm... Well, look, I gotta go... I, I think I'm supposed to go talk to those... Because, like, all that research I was giving around, like, they came and they took it, so I want to go talk to those folks to see what's going on with what they're doing, because I think the the old lady just told me, basically, they would want me to kind of, like, head up something out there, or... I don't know, I was kind of zoning in and out, but... that's That's a ruse. They want to... I assume, do what they've done to the other researchers. Oh, they want to kidnap me. Yes. Like I said, there's been about a dozen that have gone missing. Uh, mm, it's all coming into focus now. The most recent information about the Wastes, they had bits and pieces. Um, I deal with things not associated with that, so they haven't come for me. But I'm sure it's just a matter of time seems anyone that has information about what goes on down there in any arcane capacity has been plucked. Hmm. Well, then maybe the best thing is for me to go back to the monastery. Monastery of the Silver Song, ever heard of it? I've I've heard some, yes. They they train agents of the shadow. That's me! Oh, I, I, I'm the Ghostwise Halfling I Shadow Monk of the Age. Fantastic. Um, yeah, you're uh, like the only person in like forever that is like had any sort of joy about that. That's so nice. It's nice to be recognized and seen. Oh, well, it's an interesting place. I, I haven't read much about it, but the Academy knows of it. Uh, apparently, we are associated with them in some way. Yeah, I'm um, sure. 
but you know, I'm going there to see my masters and like kind of, I've, I've kind of been on like, um, like a walkabout, like a train by, by learning type of thing this last, you know, year and in, in plus months. So I don't know if you want to go there, no yeah. one's going to hurt you there. And then we've got libraries and stuff like that too. You could do some research and we could maybe form a, form a game plan on how we can figure out this whole thing. I really want to figure out what Aether does. Like we, I've got this liquid. It's so crazy. And, uh, oh gosh, here I go telling everybody my whole life story this again, but I don't know. You seem all right. And I don't know. Everyone else screwed me over. So we could just add you to list if you screwed me over. Uh, but, uh, and like, I kind of like, you don't screw me over. I don't have any intention of doing the same to you. Perfect. So I like pull out my little, my little flask or whatever with whatever's left to, cause, uh, from my micro dosing, I go like, this is the stuff. And what's crazy about this stuff is that like, I've seen them put it like on robots and like the robots come alive. It's like, uh, like, uh, one of my guys, Mr. Ball, he dump like a half of a jug on this tall like 30 foot tall robot that wasn't working and it just came alive like out in the middle of the desert it's a crazy liquid and i i want to research it and bring it to like our scientists and that sort of stuff at our at our monk's lab or whatever but have you ever seen this stuff anyway sorry i talk a lot it's fine it's fine um uh no i haven't seen that i've i've heard some rumors of of something similar that people are wanting from the wastes. I, I imagine that's it. Uh, it rained it. It was really weird. We we're out in the middle of the desert and we, we just like defeated. We just got into like this, the, one of the mage towers that are out there. And like inside we found like this soul stuck in water, which is really crazy. And then, but like we got outside in it, right? Rain this stuff. It was super weird. Wild, wild. Yeah. Um, I would love to see things like that. That sounds mystical and magical and brand new, like no one knows anything about it. Yes, no, I will I will accompany you. Um just yeah. let me research as I can. Yeah, I'll totally get you set up at the at the monastery. You can have a room, you can have a research den, we've got a library, we'll make sure you got your guest pass and everything. Like my parents kinda helped build it, so like, you know, I kinda have carte blanche there. I see, I see. Um, well. There's one more guy I, I gotta say goodbye to before we leave town, though. Oh, of course, of course. And I go to the, the transportation circle thing, and I look for that <laughs> that bozo in the hedges, like if he's like mm-hmm. creeping around. Yeah, as, as you kind of head up to the uh, uh, teleportation circle, it's coming on a little hill, this L-shaped building. Mm-hmm. Um, you see in the distance as you're approaching... Uh, Clipping away at some of the bushes is the gardener. I'm going to try to find like a shadow since I can't teleport, obviously, to that the 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 circle thing or whatever in town. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do it with like hopping out of shadows and like do like my Van Dam kick out of the shadows and like land next to him, or at least like within his eye line or whatever, you know, five feet and you know, sort of surrounding area. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. As you as you kind of he- head up there, um, Glazo stays behind. Uh, and you there there's enough like trees around here that casts uh, enough shadow that you can kind of hop from one to the other sticking in shadow staying behind things um you get to this little l-shaped nook where the where the gardener is where the bushes are and the teleportation circle in the middle there and as you kind of do your final jump to right behind him um as he's like clipping these bushes, uh, 
you appear from shadow with clippers right next to your neck. Whoa! <clears throat> uh, Sorry, I was not, just... It's not nice to sneak up on old men clipping bushes. <laughs> that was awesome! I was just... Uh... I was just gonna give you like a final Van Dam kick goodbye, uh, Van Dam landing. I gotta, I'm taking off, so I don't know when I'll be back or if, you know, I, no offense, I like see, if you'll be I alive. See. So like next time I come, oh, through. don't worry about that. I've got uh, a few years left in me. Ah, so <laughs> let's see it. Let's see the kick. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna hop back in the shadow and then like hop back out, so like you get full effect. All right. All right. Here we go. And like I'll just like pop back in and then pop back out and I'll do the three sixty kick and then hopefully land like superhero knee or whatever. Okay, yeah, you uh, you kind of hop back. You you do your acrobatics in the air and right before you land, uh, you feel this this odd bit of force just kind of turn you upside down and you start floating upwards about sixty feet as gravity is reversed where that teleportation circle is. And you fly up about sixty feet, and you see the the uh, old gardener down there just kind of laughing to himself and giggling. And then he waves his hands, and you uh, get the sensation of slow falling back down. Oh man, that's cool! And you just daintily just touch down in the pose, and he just starts clapping. Fantastic! Fantastic! Oh, that was I'm sure the best one. Uh, possible. You <laughs> got a, flew quite a ways up there. <laughs> got a lot of secrets, old man. I like your style. I like your style. Uh, fist bump. Uh, cool. Puts out a fist. Well, you keep uh, you keep gardening, uh, watching the teleportation circle, and uh, hopefully, I'll see you again sometime. He gives you a nod, and then and if you ever need to get hold gardening. of me, Referian Night Meadow. Ghostwise Halfling of the Age, Shadow Monk of the Silver Shadow Song. Monk of the Silver Song, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. you remember. Okay, well, bye. And then I won't hop into a shadow. I'll just, out of respect, I'll turn around and, like, walk away as I sort of fix my gi from the gravity and my yeah my, my omens mantle uh, cloak or whatever, and, uh, and I'll go back to, uh, back to the dwarf. I'm just chuckling. I'm like, that guy's so cool. Like... No one knows. Like that guy would probably mess so many people up. Says, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, he would. Um, <laughs> oh, you know who he is? Yes, uh, he's uh, one of the old um, headmasters of the uh, arcane school. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's doing this. Is this is his retirement? Apparently. <laughs> oh man, I wonder if he would know what Aether is. I should have He's asked probably him. the most powerful wizard in Usama. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man. Yeah. He doesn't... He's not usually very friendly. Oh, How, he and I what? get along good. I thought. Huh. Interesting. And Glazer just gives him, like, a long, like, stare as you guys head off. He's just surprised that this, this old... You know, he's, he knows a bit about this old man that most people don't. Seems that Glazo likes to know all of the little secrets about uh, what's going on. Yeah. Um. So you head out of Turlin. Yep. All right. And you're wanting to go to the monastery. Yeah, I figure we'd we'd go there since like Glazo doesn't seem to think that <laughs> he seems to think we'll go uh 
MIA if we if we report. So yeah. uh I yeah, I figure I'm I'm due back, you know, at the monastery for a check in and you know, it's been over a year and I've learned a lot and I should log my adventures and talk to my masters and then eventually see my parents. Excuse me. Yeah. Um All yeah, the while, now, while always keeping an eye open for a flying carpet. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the way you best know how to get back there uh, is going to be to charter a ship um, from, from where you did before. Timber Ridge is, is where you kind of entered in from. And uh, so you head down south uh, to where the wastes are uh, and where Timber Ridge is. Mm. Um, how do you get down there? Keeping keeping out of sight, I assume, of most people, but the guards and soldiers of Usama, more importantly. Um. Well, I mean, I'd want to travel at night, and I would probably sort of, like, do the thing where if there's the main road, I'd be, like, off, in the, off to the side more, like, out in the brush, like, following it from 30, 40 feet off into the, you know, it might take us longer, but, like, kind of... Yeah, yeah. Staying in the tree line a little bit if that if that's available or just traveling by night, you know, so it's easier for me to sort of navigate and that sort of thing and um Okay. And then, yeah, you so know, yeah, you... also like if there's any sort of uh carriages or, you know, tra- you know, taxis if you, you know, whatever, <laughs> uh, Usama taxis, uh that sort of thing. Like Riff has money, like she's got She's yeah, yeah. saved up like almost like a thousand gold pieces at this point. Yeah. I mean, you can easily, yeah, charter uh, a carriage to take you down uh, so, south. Yeah. I mean, I would figure that the, if that's the easiest thing, then, then, then like, you know, walking. I, I would assume we would walk for a bit and then he would be like, uh, maybe we should just take a. I'm like, oh, right. No, sure. Totally. I didn't, yeah, I didn't no, even think this, of that. <laughs> this is how it goes. You, you get a, you get a carriage uh, chartered by. Um, you know, some gruff old man. Uh, he takes you and, and Glazo and uh, hidden on the top of the uh, uh, carriage uh, that that Kenku as well um, down south uh, takes you. Uh, and I'll do the same a- thing when we were out in the thing uh, out in the waste. Like I'll do a um, what was it? Pass without trace or something like that, where like mm-hmm. it our, makes our carriage disappear type of thing. Yeah, you, you don't leave footprints, and it's <clears throat> it's easier to remain stealth. Uh, using a carriage, you're on the roadway. Um, the stealth mainly is that you're a simple carriage. Uh, okay. Most people don't pay attention. There's no reason to stop you for any inspections or anything. Um, but you you head down about a day's travel before hitting the outpost of the wastes. Uh, since you're trying to stay kind of under the radar, you get dropped off here, and Glazo helps you plot a. Um, path through the forests and kind of over one of the small mountains, uh, one of the small, well, larger hills uh, that leads into the desert, leads into the wastes. And so, yeah, you take the carriage down and then spend your uh, nights kind of traveling over this a few days uh, to get into the waste proper. Um, bypassing the checkpoint you would have to go through and taking the road. Um Glazo has got a bit of uh, trickery uh, about him. He's able to cast Pastor without a trace as well. He keeps himself hidden, but he slows you down a bit. Uh, he's not as quick moving through this terrain, seeing as he carries uh, the entirety of his library with him. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> a freaking and, U-Haul inside of his backpack, basically. Yeah. Uh, you get into uh, the first kind of bit of uh, scraggly plains um, and make make camp when you kind of enter into the desert. Uh, you know, you find, you find a rock and are able to construct a, a little sleeping area there um, with the Kenku watching above. Uh, as you as you sleep um, in the wastes for the for this kind of first night once you've gotten here proper, and I've got uh, I'm pretty sure Riff has alarm, so like I'll, I'd cast that like on our perimeter and that sort of stuff. Sure, easy enough, easy enough. Um, and and having yeah, having this watchful uh, you know one eyed Kenku and the alarm set up uh, in the middle of the night, maybe three four o'clock. Uh, you get awoken by a blast from the Kenku's eye and your alarm going off. As you kind of jump up, uh, Glazo unperturbed by this, uh, you know, snoring away, uh, you jump up and about 30 feet from where your camp is, you see this dark cloak figure about your height, maybe a little taller, uh, with like two blades in their hands just glaring from underneath their hood as you see like a blast mark from the Kenku next to them. Yeah, he says, and he just goes, I I know you still have my journal and I need it. Who are you? I that doesn't that doesn't matter. I I've spent so long without that journal and I need it. And he begins to start making like a couple of footsteps towards you, getting about five feet before the Kenku blasts again and he stops. Oh, I remember you. Spooked. You're that guy that ran off and the and they like Right? You ran Maybe. away from the robot? I've been running for a long time. <laughs> oh, what's up, man? I I don't know. I don't I don't even have the journal. Lies. Okay. Uh, absolute lies. Show me. Show me what you have. Mm-hmm. I know my journal is with you. No, not going to do that. But uh, I'll tell you what. I'll give you. Oh. And she's like slowly, like getting both of her chucks in her hands or whatever. She's just like casually talking. And she's bringing him out. She's like, I'm going to give you one last chance to head on down the road or the hill or wherever you came from, because I don't want to hurt you. I don't I don't know where I came from. I don't know where to go. I only know the journal and where it's leading me. Where is it leading you? To her, to the secrets. To the secrets? Who's that? Yes. What? Who? What? Never even heard of that. Huh. You've never heard of secrets? They're things other people don't know. Oh, I thought you said a secrets. I thought it was a name oh. you were saying. Sorry, you're kind of mumbling and there's like the that de- desert wind going. Yeah. Sure. Um, he pulls down the mask he has, and you see just this skeleton face. He pulls down his hood. Oh yeah, I remember you. What's up? Good to see you again. Um, right. Well, I can't give you the journal because I'm kind of studying the journal. It, 
I... Well... So... If you... If you are studying the journal... Uh-huh. Can I at least study it with you? It has... It has secrets in there that have been ripped from me. I just... I don't... I don't know them unless I have that. Hmm. At this point... I would imagine that Riff has had the journal for a long time and, and I've been copying it and all that sort of stuff. Like, would I have copied the entirety of it at this point? Like, am I just looking at my notes and not that journal anymore? Yeah, so so if you remember, the journal that that you took from this this creature mm-hmm. uh, was very similar to the, the notes that you had from, from your uncle, almost the same. Right. Um, and so, yeah, the, the notes you had, you already have. The added things that were from his notes you've copied a number of times you've copied into your cipher you have you know backups of this for sure well you know what i like your attitude taps the bag comes around front looks inside finds the journal taps it i go what's interesting (gasps) well hold on and i'll give it to you what's interesting is that you're not the only one looking for this type of stuff my uncle was looking for almost exactly this because I have his journal and you guys, the Venn diagram of what you guys are looking at, crazy stuff. And I'm researching it too. So I'm not saying we should team up, but I've gone through it. You've got some really interesting stuff in here. It interests me. And, and she's going to chuck it to him. There's your he journal back. scrambles to catch it and just starts kind of like flipping through these these loose assortments of pages i took care of it i didn't i didn't harm it i didn't do anything to it i just read it took notes on what i thought was interesting and cross-referenced them with my uncle's notes as a matter of fact Ah, ah. and i'd like to give him like a useful piece of information from like my uncle's thing like maybe some sort of idea or something like some sort of epiphany i was like you know you were talking about this thing and my uncle's but i thought what if it was this thing Type of idea. Yeah, you you mention um, there's there's reference to an old uh, stone temple somewhere in the wastes, and the way it's written, you kind of cross reference some things, and it's not like in the wastes as a as a place. It is deep within the wastes. It's underground. It's kind of the translation that you found, and you you let the let them know that it's, it's you know it's not. You're not looking for a place that's above the sands. You're looking for something deep below the sands. I mean, he says, that's at least what I think. What do you think about that? Oh, that 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 makes that makes a lot of sense. And you see, like they've got this kind of little burning, you know, fire in their in their eye sockets for eyes, and and that just that burning kind of like settles down a bit. It's not as chaotic. And as they kind of finish looking through the notes, they close them, stuff them in their jacket uh, and say um, thank you for returning this. Um, sure. Deep deep below the, the I've been, I have been searching this place for, for years, uh, trying to find it. I think I've seen every building in the wastes. Even the ones the mages don't want you to see or didn't want you to see. Oh, Sorry, wow. I get a bit confused when I don't have those notes. That's the only thing that will jog my memory. Otherwise, uh, oh. 
Yeah, you 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 get creepy and sneak up on people when they're sleeping. Yeah, you could say that. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Are you yeah. hungry? Do you eat? I mean, sorry if that's a weird thing. No, not really. Um, All right, just trying yeah. to be helpful. No, I appreciate it. Um, so, if it's deep within the sands, mm-hmm. I've I think I know. I've I I've, I've been to the same spot at least twenty times thinking that's where it's supposed to be. I've been there when it's the solstice. I've been there at high noon. I've been there when the moon is full, when the moon is not full. Uh, so maybe we're just might appear there. Not seeing the secret passage button. But if it's deep within the ground, then I'm looking in the wrong spot. I just have to go deeper. Right, but yeah, I mean, maybe there's like a doorway or something that we're that, that you're just not seeing since you were looking for a a structure that goes up rather than just like a weird little rock formation that moves that, that you can like go down into. Possibly, yes. Um, uh, I'm going. I have to try it again. Then I have to go there again. Well, let's go. You'll come with. I mean. My parent, my family's been looking for this for a while. I think it'd be cool if I could take it back to the monastery and be like, found it, sillies. Okay. Yes, yes. Let's, let's go. Um, it's, it's good to have companions. Um, it's not as dangerous most of the time. I can keep this journal, yes. Well, sure, You're sure. You're going to take it away from me again? It's yours. Keep it. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And you... I don't know if you bed down for the rest of the night, um, but you know you take the you take the rest of the night and and head out uh, the next the next morning into the wastes. Mm-hmm. It takes you probably about a week and a half, two weeks of travel to get to this spot that uh, this little skeleton guy um, is leading you to, and it's close to some of the mountains, probably about a week's travel north of the Tower of Chaos. Um, and it's just this deep, kind of sh- shallow pit that leads down to a center where there's there's a number of rocks kind of stacked that have fallen down into it. Um, and you, you're kind of sitting on the edge there as he, he says... From from all the notes that I have, it it should be here. I I thought maybe it's it does mention the light uh, being a part of how it reveals itself. I've never been able to find the right circumstances, the right bits, the right time of year, the right time of day. I don't know. Hmm. Um, maybe you know more. I've lost a bit of my mind on this uh, excursion and this quest. Um, but if I find the end of it, then <laughs> then I will hopefully get whatever secrets have been lost to me back. Okay. Well, um, gosh, I guess Riff would try to like maybe if there's any shadows like pop into a shadow around there and see if like she can feel anything out, you know, type of vibe or if like she could use like a quote unquote like I think she had like a shadow sight type of thing like the thing like with the mages back in the 
Yeah. Like in the prison type of vibe. Like she she wants to kind of like do riff radar, I guess. I don't know, like shadow radar. Yeah. No, no. You, you If you can, you know, stay in a spot and, and, and meditate for a bit, you can start to see beyond uh, the plane that you're in and the planes next to you. Um, you you take the you take the afternoon and and are just kind of like getting a sense for this place, and it seems a bit devoid, like nothing is is quite on the other side. Um, it frustrates you a bit as you're doing it because it 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 does seem odd that there should be something that you see, you know, you 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 do it near where the rocks are, and you get a kind of sense for it. That's about where the only shadows are is underneath those rocks. Mm-hmm. Um. But what happens is, you know, you you've got your little bit of a, a aether with you, and you, you you do your little micro dose of it, and you do that on top of these rocks. And as you do, you are able to finally look past the plane that you're on, and you begin to see into the ethereal plane and the shadow uh, plane, and you see these upturned tree roots that are growing up into the sky. Oh, wow. And they come down to where you are on these rocks and they go down into the sand. And kind of as you see them, they become to kind of twitch a little bit and move kind of by your presence. By the fact that they're seen. Um, and the rocks shift a bit and kind of fall down into the sand. And slowly this big, this large uh, divot in the sand that the begins to kind of swirl as Glazo and this little skeleton man and the Kenku all kind of start to get sucked into the sand a bit as it kind of whirlpools down and the rocks fall down below and you get caught in it. and darkness envelops you as the sand gets just just eats you that's awesome and you keep your mouth shut so you don't breathe in this and and by the time that you think that you have to like take in a breath you're deposited into darkness as you land onto soft sand Ooh. And it just begins to kind of flow away. The sand disappears and you're left with this stony floor on the bottom. Well, I think I found of, it. You get your senses. You look around. Uh, you see your companions. Seems they've, they've dropped down here as well. And you're in a massive stone cavern, however deep below the sands. And Little skeleton guy's like looking around, looking at his notes, kind of cracks open a, a torch, uh, lights it up and lights up the room. And you see these, the edges of this cavern are carved into the shape of branches and like leaves that are just coming down and enveloping. And you see like bits of fruit, like apples, but like massive. Uh, in here on on carved on the stone uh, uh, walls and one end of the room you see where all these kind of branches meet up and come up to this statue of a massive tree person you've, I don't know if you've seen tree you know tree ends before but 
that's the you know this kind of tall uh wide humanoid looking tree that they the branches come up to with a face eyes shut and their hair is just more branches that go up out of the cave this, this cavern yeah i mean i've read about them uh riffs read about them but her first instinct and memory is that that sort of spirit in the tree like where the kenku was or whatever that sort of like darker spirit that came out of the tree or whatever mm-hmm. and, I, and i'm like oh that's like nothing like that like that's just like the first thing that pops into her brain but she's gonna look at it and she's gonna like kind of like that's a big old tree person it's it's uh it's her it's who i've been looking for the tree she's, person oh yes yes huh. it's the uh uh it's the uh the sinsenai oh. sinsenai she kind of yells out to the figure and you see the stone eyes just kind of creak open <laughs> and you see eyes just frozen looking down riff's gonna like kind of like you know put her hands by her side and like bow her head like one because she's two foot ten and this thing seems like what it's like a hundred feet tall or something or it's, more i'd say about like 20 30 feet tall okay so it's yeah. like i mean she definitely <laughs> to riff it's like a hundred feet tall oh she's, yeah she's oh, yeah. like what in the- and and so she's just kind of gonna like bow her head or whatever in, in out of respect you know before and like let it make the first move because she's not trying to get squashed <laughs> um yeah, the, the little skeleton guy starts like going through their notes and and says, um, um, right. Uh, we need to tell her the secret. The the secret. Um, oh, right. Uh, and just frantically going through the notes. I, I, um, I don't remember. Would Riff know it from all of her notes and that sort of stuff? You begin going through the notes that you have. And right. in this this cavern here, uh, you you kind of are, are placing them on the floor, um, going through what the skeletons uh, going through, and you re- you know that you've been researching temples, trying to find a certain temple. It looks like this is the one, and from your research, what you found that this is a temple to. Initially, what you thought was Torog, the god of uh, torture and brutality and secrets. Um, The thing that's never sat well with you during this research is that secrets are not what Torog should be the god of. Mm. It's never secrets that are told to him. It's lies. It's fabrications. It's things that you get out of torture that aren't of any meaning. And so what you put together is that the temple you're searching for is not to Torog, but to something else. And that that temple is to the true god of secrets. The tree lady. The tree lady. (laughs) The Sinsenai, as uh, the skeleton calls her. Yeah. And so the secret that must be said is what she is. That she is the god of secret. 
And and then I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Meta with me here for a second. What? Um, yes, of course, of course. It's so stupid. And so this is classic. This is classic. You know, my guys at my monastery used to do this sort of crud all the time. So she's a sense and I, right? And she's the god of secrets. Yes. So that's the, what if that's the secret? That's the riddle. And you start to hear some rock on rock movement as you say Lovely. that she is the god of secrets. Well, that's the secret that she had forgotten. That's the secret that the skeleton had forgotten. And slowly the stone relief comes forward. A large branchy tree breaks off of the stone and steps onto the floor. As it does, you see a bit of warmth come up it as the stone is turned back into bark and the other leg comes forward and steps on the stone and it does the same. And slowly the stone falls away in these chips and sheets and it's replaced by this earthy green and brown wooded creature standing 20 feet, 25 feet tall. Whoa. As she leans down to face you, her head, her face, you know, looking at the two of you. And I'll bow again, just kind of like, and sort of wait for a, a reaction, just because, yeah. Know, I don't think I've ever been in front of like a deity, so. <laughs> and she looks down and says, Thank you. I had forgotten for some time. What my place in this world is. How did they take my own secret from me? I am the god of secrets. Long ago. And today. This is true. Thank you for reminding me, Rhyferian Night Meadow. And you, Pikus of the Night Meadow. Whoa. You see the little skeleton looks up and is just awash with surprise. I had told you long ago what my secret was in safekeeping. It's taken you long enough to find me. And Pikus just kind of looks down and says, Um, it's been difficult. They kept me away. I am sorry. She looks down. That is fine. All things work out in time. And she kind of leans down and kisses him gently on the head with her massive lips. And you see the flesh return to his body. And kind of looks up and looks over to you and you see you see your uncle. Whoa! Little halfling old man looks just like how you remember him from the you know from when you'd seen him in in the pictures that had been painted of him, and blinks his eyes a bit and and you see this rush of realization kind of come to him. Oh 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 hi oh this has been this has been a long time in the making. What's up, Uncle? That's so cool. We got to have this adventure together. Hey, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, 
to have to put you through this. Thank you. You know what's rad, uh, so though? Much. We get huh. to go back and tell everybody that you're not crazy and that you weren't wrong. And yeah, maybe well, we just saved the world or something like that, too. But that this is way cooler. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I was a little wrong on some things. You were the ghostwise halfling to be trained. I never was. Well, I mean, you're the ones you're the one that can see all this stuff. I, I just went out and and got into trouble. But if it weren't for your note, your journal, which I've had him in copying, and then weirdly enough, you know, when when skeletal you was like asking and. The Venn diagram of like those journals coming together. It was so weird. I don't put things together. Not so smart. Love my chucks. But uh, those are good chucks. Yeah, yeah. but it was. Uh, I tried. When I was there, I tried to use those. I think I hit myself every time I used them. Oh, man. Like, how do you how do you swing that thing and hit something and have it not come back and hit you in the face? Uh, I've, I've ne- I never figured that out. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't like these other ones. I show him the one with the blades on the end. I'm like, these Whoa. ones would definitely not be good for you then. <laughs> I might cut my head off with those. <laughs> Jeez Louise. You just got your skin back. You don't want to do that, Uncle. No, 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 no. Oh, man. <laughs> What's That's so cool. Like, hey, um, uh, uh, God of Secrets, Miss Sense and I. Uh, yes. So let me let, let me put some pieces together here. So, like, when they, like, took your secret from you and, like, trapped you down here in rock and that sort of crap, I'm assuming it's probably the mages doing some sort of thing. And then, is that why the desert, like, became a desert? Because because you were you were locked up type of thing and, like, you know, or, like, what's, and then, oh, was that you that made it rain aether when I was here with my pals at the mages <laughs> tower? No, no. Oh, man, so many cool things. All right. You are right. The mages kept me away. They told, they stole my secret from me. That I am the god of secrets, the Cincinnati. Because I know the secrets of Aether. Oh, cool. It is the power of life. It is the energy you get when things live. Mm. The biggest secret, though, <laughs> is you cannot control it. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. If you try to control life, you upset the natural order, and it all will come back at you. The mages tried to keep that secret away from everyone by keeping me away from everyone. Mm-hmm. I assume they did control the Aether for a while, but eventually it came back at them. I can feel them out there. (laughs) Partially, I will have to deal with them soon. (laughs) That sounds like... But whatever happens above, Aether will return. And if the people do not find balance within it, they try to control it again, the story of the mages will be played once more. I think if I know people, it's probably going to be the second one. But I will. It's be... happened a number of times since before the mages. Well, the cycle repeating. I'll do my part, knowing what this stuff is and like knowing how it works and that sort of. I mean, because I've been like sipping on it and meditating, trying to figure it out. 
But now that I know that, like, you know, I'm going to go back to my monastery and it's going to be something that I want to bring up to become part of our teachings, become part of the, the way of life. And, you know, that, that'll just be a new thing to add to my, I don't know, meditation, my routine, my, my, my way of yes. thinking about how I manipulate the shadows and everything else. If you can fold in the power of Aether into your magics, into your life, and keep it balanced with the life around you, then I'm sure it will spearing it will bring good tidings for you. Mm. Just never force it to do what you want and what it does not want. Because a tree wants to grow and see the sun and bear fruit. But a tree does not want to conquer the world. That's awesome. So, my young halflings, <laughs> what can I do for you? You've saved me, and as any good god should do, that deserves a favor. Weird question, but I think I could probably, like... I don't know. You got any uh, extra you you're willing to shed for some for some sweet chucks and a new bow staff I can make myself? <laughs> I mean, yes, I believe so. That's she cool. kind of turns back at the uh, stone relief, and uh, you see parts of the uh, branches and trees that are there that are still stone flake away and drop and a large branch falls down. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to make such a cool pair of chucks and a sweet bow staff. I'm actually, what this one's going to be is going to be a little bit more like Daredevil inspired in which like it's a bow staff, but it's like you kind of turn click it and then it can be chucks. So it's kind of like a two in one deal. So it's like she can carry the bow staff, but it's like, uh, uh, but then it can, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, be be chucks if necessary very nice thank you very much like i honestly like i don't know maybe maybe i'm missing out on something i am only 12 years old but i don't know this seems like ahead of you then this seems pretty cool and then i figure you know we'll probably cross paths again if i keep teaching the your your stuff and and as always you know like if you ever want to come hang out shadow at the at the silver song monastery you know, your your treeness is always welcome. We've got really cool sunlight there. She gives you a big smile, kind of chuckles as a large tree deity can. <laughs> says, so then, you're headed to the Silver Song Monastery? Yeah, I, I've spent my sort of last year and a half abroad, <laughs> and I got to let them know what's going on. And I mean, gosh, there's... I was trying to figure it out, and then, like, all of these these bureaucrat bozos, like, they're like, oh, let's lock away all these people that, that are, like, probably coming upon, like, the, the secret of what this whole thing is that we just discovered, and now I got to go tell everybody and hopefully get those people out of jail and get then those people thrown out. Like, oh, there's so much for a 12-year-old to do, I swear. My work uh, is never done. You know what I'm, I'm talking sure about. I'm sure that those bureaucrats will find... Nothing out here that they're truly wanting to find. But nice. do you want to know a secret, young halfling? Oh, that's awesome. I love secrets. Ah. You're already at the Silver Song Monastery. 
And as she finishes saying that, shadows kind of envelop where you are. And you're standing now in front of the gates of the monastery at dusk when it's just becoming visible. (laughs) And you and Picus, your uncle, Glazo, and the Kenku are all there at the gates waiting to enter. I just kind of like look around looking for the tree. She's gone. Oh, that is so awesome. And Riff is just elated. She's like, it's like, she's like talking about jumping out of shadows. That's amazing. Man, (laughs) that old tree can really do it. I got a thing or two to learn about her. Mm -hmm. (sighs) And so as you and your newfound crew enter into the monastery, you begin to talk about the research research you're going to do with Aether. You bring it to the people there, the instructors, the ones you've known. And it's totally changed now because now I figure it is more like a like a life. Whereas before I was like, I want to, you know, based off of my uncle's journal and stuff like that, I was always sort of like under the impression that, you know, Aether was this like like this medicine, this thing that you would, you know, that you would drink and it would do, you know, rather than it being like a oneness almost with the universe type of thing. And and so as as you are here doing your research, going over what uh, Picus knows, what Glazo uh, can can bring to you, what the professors know here, and you end up finding some of the inner workings of the monastery, and you find the connections to the, the mechanics of it, and how it is made from Aether technology, how it is how it is is powered by the life around the monastery itself and it was your family centuries ago that were the crafters of this this metalworking and this connection to aether and life and balance that was able to produce the effects of the monastery as it bends in and out of shadow that's because of the life around it and the balance that the monastery keeps with the forest that it surrounds. That's so neat. I uh, and from there you uh, go on to wide and wild adventurers, not as a student any longer, but as somebody that has gone out on their walkabout and brought back something great, something that they can teach the rest of the people at the monastery. You stop becoming that student and start becoming one of the instructors. Not not so much at this point in in position, but in in cat in class. You you speak with your your professors uh in that same tone as you would speak with others that share your vision. And Riff definitely is going to like having that interaction with uh with, with the sense and I like she doesn't want to do the vampire thing anymore. She really thought that's what she wanted to do. And now she wants to become like this also because she likes the hedge guy. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she kind of like imagines that like yeah, he's a very powerful but like I don't know, maybe that guy was a druid. 
and uh, that's why he likes you know plants and stuff so much. But she wants to become like she wants to kind of like cross druid class with her monkness and like you know before it was like sort of a necromancy path that she was taking, Mm -hmm. and she wants to take more of a druidic path and be able to like still popping out of shadows. Cause you know, she, she is a shadow monk or whatever, but like what that means with the, with nature, with the forest and, and with the surrounding areas and knowing that the monastery is what it is. She figures Absolutely, that's the best yeah. way to, to be one with the, with the tree and the aether and, uh, and life around her, but while still having fun and being a little creep. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you, you discover these, these old forgotten things about Aether that the mage is kind of locked away. Um, and, and with this knowledge of who the Cincinnati is that most people don't know, you're able to more easily uncover secrets, uh, uh, than, than others are able to. Um, I'm sure many fun adventures await Riff, but that is where we will leave it for Riff's story now. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us around our proverbial podcast table. I've been your DM, Alex, and with me has been <laughs> Billy. Billy Michaels is Referee at Night Meadow. Grab your swords and keep on adventuring. Follow us across all platforms with Chaotic Amateurs. Please subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice to help us climb the charts and find new adventurers. Or become a patron on Patreon to help our heroes continue their quest. Thank you for listening to Chaotic Amateurs. Chaotic Amateurs.